The Money Pit is presented by Pavestone, Spray and Forget, Home Advisor, and Speed Queen. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, what are you working on on this beautiful summer weekend? If it's a home improvement or decor project, you are in exactly the right place because that's what we do. We've got a great show planned for you. And now that we've hit these dog days of summer, backyard pools are more popular than ever. But if you got a pool... You've got kids, and there are six things that you need to do to make sure those kids are safe. So we're going to share that super important to-do list just ahead. And also ahead, ceiling fans have certainly been getting a workout this summer. And now the U.S. Department of Energy has released new energy efficiency standards for ceiling fans that are going to help you save energy and money. We'll tell you how to find the most energy efficient models out there in just a bit. And if you call us with your home improvement question at 888-MONEYPIT, we're also going to help you keep your house and deck looking super clean and bright because we've got a spray and forget prize package going out to one listener drawn at random that's going to get rid of mold, mildew, algae, and more. So let's get to it. The number is one eight 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 money pit Leslie, who's first? Sandy and I was on the line, and she has got a problem where the stairs meets the wall. What's going on there? In my stairwell, where the sheetrock meets the floor joist, um, when they originally did that, they put that, you know how they used to use that heavy paper stuff, and then they'd, they'd mud over that? Well, that cracked. And I peeled that off, and now I'm trying to figure out how to smooth that over there between the sheetrock and the floor joist um, in the basement because it's sheetrock to wood. I don't know what, what material to use to fill that crack so that I can paint over and it looks smooth. So what you want to do, it sounds like you pulled the old tape off, the paper tape off. Is that correct? I did. Well, that's okay, because what you want to do now is you want to go out and buy some fiberglass tape. Now, fiberglass drywall tape is perforated. It's kind of like netting. It's a little tacky. When you cut a piece off, you put it on top of that seam. And what that's going to do is bridge the gap across the seam, and then you, you cover that with spackle. And you want to do about three very, very thin coats. Don't put too much on. A little bit of spackle goes a long way. Sand in between each one and then just build it out, build it up over those three coats, and that'll be fine. And because you put the tape over the fiberglass tape, it shouldn't crack again. That sounds like something I can do. I think you can, Sandy. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now I've got Steve in North Carolina on the line with a roofing question. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Many years ago, um, my wife and I moved into a very small cabin way out in the woods very wooded. There's a lot of, um, every fall, a lot of debris and leaves and such. And we built onto the cabin a um, uh, a nice 12 by 12 bathroom uh, with a flat roof. Um, and that was not really my idea. That was uh, a buddy just said, this is the way to go. Um, we are now, and granted, it's given us good service. Uh, we did that in 1995, uh, but now it is, uh, with these last monsoons we've had here in North Carolina, um, we have leaks. And my, I guess my, my question is, is a flat roof a good idea anyway? And then what are the 
pros and cons of a metal versus shingle roof. Okay, so first of all, is a flat roof a good idea? Well, depends on your perspective. Look, there's a lot of commercial buildings that have flat roofs that last a long time, but they're also very, very well installed, and they don't have any leaks as a result of that. I will say that a flat roof is one of the leakiest roofs, generally speaking, because very often when they're put in residential homes, they're not put on by pros. And certainly, since you have a flat roof that's 20 years old, that's really, really old. I'm no pro, but yeah, I put it in. <laughs> yeah, 1995, I mean, you're talking 20 years ago, and, and that's a really old roof at this point in time. It would be old if it, was a, if it was a pitched roof. It's really old if it's a flat roof, which generally lasts about half that time. So it's time for a new roof. Uh, your options are to put another flat roof on it, which there's nothing wrong with that. The new materials today, especially the, the torch down flat roofs, work very, very well. I just put a flat roof on my house. Um, but what I did before I put it on, though, is I added a slight pitch to it. You can buy um, foam underlayment that basically will give you this, a slight pitch to a flat roof, and that helps the water run off. Because you really don't want anything that's flat, flat. You really want to have something that's got at least a low slope to it. So if you add a little bit of slope to it and then put a new torch-down roof on it, it should be fine. Uh, you asked about metal. Metal is certainly an indestructible roof, and if that's something you're considering, I would also encourage it because if you put a metal roof down once and you do it right, you're not going to have to do it for 100 years, and then who cares, right? Analysis. I mean, is a is a metal roof, and I've sort of looked at it, but is a metal roof more expensive than a uh, shingle? Or a, it is, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's it's about four or five times as expensive. So it's very expensive comparatively speaking. Is that labor or is it really the material? Um, you know, it, it's 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 both. So if you're going to do it yourself, you're going to save some money, but. But it's really the kind of thing that's kind of tough to do yourself unless you really have some experience working with metal. Okay, great. And um, one request, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I wish your trailer music, just let it play. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to put that whole, we'll have to put the uh, the entire uh, theme music uh, online for those that, that, that care to listen to that. I wish you would. We love your show. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Michelle in Minnesota is on the line with a bathroom floor thing, is all I can call it. What is going on? You're getting moisture coming up through the floor? Yes, it's a laminate floor. This is my third summer in this house, and it's the first time that I've had this issue. And it was started around the warm and humid days. Um, At first, I thought maybe that it was my toilet leaking because I had a new toilet put in last summer. Um, but the plumber did come out and pull the toilet, and it didn't look like it was leaking or that the seal was broken on it. So we're thinking that it's condensation from the concrete slab coming up between the the slats of the laminate flooring. So the laminate flooring is on top of a concrete slab. Correct. Yep. What's this looking? What's this doing to the floor? Is it causing it to deform in any way, or is it just showing up as a stain? It is not. Um, it is not buckling or anything along the edges. It's. Okay. He thinks that maybe it's a rubber flooring, more of a rubber-based flooring, rather than a wood. Um, and so it has not um, curled the edges or anything like that. It just seeps up as moisture, and it comes mm-hmm. like um, beads up right along the edges of the the laminate. Do you have air conditioning in this bathroom? I do not. Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah, I was thinking cooler, moist air against a warmer floor could cause additional condensation. So, look, if you want to reduce the moisture that's coming up through the bathroom, there's a couple of things I can suggest. Um, first of all, 
you want to take a look at the grading and the drainage conditions outside that bathroom because the slab, if it's getting very wet, is extremely hydroscopic. So all the moisture in the earth will be drawn into the slab, and that's going to wick up and show up in your bathroom, apparently. So take a look at your gutters and downspouts. Make sure they're clean and free-flowing and the the spouts are extending four to six feet from the house. Get all that roof water away. And then take a look at the angle of the soil and make sure that that's sloping away. Now, do you have a a fan in this bathroom? Yes. That is helpful. Um, You might want to think about replacing the fan with one that has a built-in humidistat because... That's convenient on a couple of fronts. First of all, when you take a shower and you, and you leave the bathroom, turn the switch off, it'll actually stay on until all the moisture is properly vented out of there. And if it does get humid on its own, then the humidistat will kick, kick the fan on and also dry it out. They're not terribly expensive. I know Brone makes a good one. There are a number of manufacturers you can find this from. And keep an eye on the floor. Some laminate floors, you know, stand up very well to moisture. I've seen laminate floors that can be submerged and they, they don't seem to be affected by it, but others will buckle just like hardwood would. So just keep an eye on it. And if it ends up that it does have to be replaced, I would paint that cement slab underneath with a couple of coats of epoxy paint to kind of seal in and st- stop the, um, the moisture from evaporating through it into the room. Mm-hmm. Okay. But only if, you, only if you get that far. I mean, I wouldn't tell you to tear up the floor now, but if you have to replace it, just make sure you seal the slab at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, thank you. That, that's good. Good. Thanks. All right, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Post your questions to moneypit.com or call the Money Pit's listener line at 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. You can find top-rated home improvement pros that you can trust for any project. And if you're a service pro looking to grow your business and connect with project-ready homeowners, check out HomeAdvisor.com. Just ahead, if you've got a pool and you've got kids, there are six very important things you need to do to make sure they're safe. We'll review that list after this. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Find top-rated home pros you can trust. And if you're a service pro looking to grow your business and connect with project-ready homeowners, check out HomeAdvisor.com. 
where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, do you have mold? Do you have mildew? Do you have algae? Well, we can make it all disappear if you call us at 888-MONEY-PIT because we're giving away a spray and forget house and deck cleaner with a hose and sprayer that can get rid of all that. Spray and forget is a no rinse and no scrub outdoor cleaner. It cleans brilliantly. It's going to tackle any outdoor surface like vinyl siding and patios and decks and fences and walkways and pavers. It's eco and environmentally friendly. And we're going to send you out enough to clean a 1,000 square foot surface. So that's going to do a great job on your house. You can find Spray and Forget at sprayandforget.com. This package is worth about 40 bucks. So give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we're going over to Eunice in Arkansas, who has a retaining wall that thinks it's a chameleon. It's changing colors. What's going on? Part of it is the part that's turning um, white, powdery looking, it's the part that's exposed to the weather. It's um, kind of spreading. It looks like it's, you know, the whole thing will eventually turn white. I don't know if it's oxidizing or if uh, moisture from the ground is making it change colors or what. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening, Eunice. What you're seeing is called efflorescence, and essentially water from the ground pulls up because those concrete blocks are very hydroscopic. So water pulls up, and then as the water evaporates, it leaves its mineral salts behind, and that's what that whitish-grayish deposit is. So it's not harmful. It's really just cosmetic. Uh-huh. And there's not going to be a lot you can do to stop it, though. If it's an outside wall like that, if there's going to be a lot of uh, moisture collecting in that area, you're going to get that sort of thing from happening. Oh, okay. So power washing it or using a chemical or anything wouldn't make a difference? Well, really, all you need, all you need, I'll give you a little trick of the trade, if you use white vinegar. So if you were to mix up some white vinegar and mix it with water and a pump-up sprayer, that will melt the mineral salts right away. Okay. Very good. Well, if you've got a pool and you've got kids, there are six things that you need to do to make sure they're safe. Tragically, there are about 300 drowning deaths of children younger than five each year in swimming pools, and a lapse in parental supervision is responsible for those accidents almost 70% of the time. Yeah, and while there's no substitute for watching your kids, the best backup is a pool safety approach called layers of protection, which the idea is that basically you provide several layers of backup to supplement a parent's supervision. So here's where you want to start. The first place is with pool fences. Now, you may think you know fences, but pool fences are actually very special. They're designed differently than standard fences. They've got to be at least four feet tall, and they've got to be non-climbable, which means a little kid can't, like, get their foot into, like, the link of a, of a chain link fence. Those, actually, links for pool fences are, are smaller, so you can't get a toehold in there. Um, pool fences don't have as many cross pieces where, again, you can get a foot in and, and kind of step up on it. So it's important you have a properly designed pool fence, and that includes the gate because the gate is always the weakest link of the pool fencing system. And pool gates have to have latches that are actually higher than the fence itself. The latch has to be at a height of 54 inches wide because you don't want a little kid to be able to reach up and open that latch. So pool fence is definitely first line of protection. Yeah, and let me tell you, those pool gate latches are usually sometimes so complicated that even I, as an adult, can't figure them out. So you've got to make sure that it's a difficult process that takes an adult a moment to think, but could certainly stump a child and make it difficult for them to get in. 
You know, next up, we're talking about pool covers. Next to pool fencing, a pool cover will provide the maximum amount of protection. Your best option is going to be an automatic pool cover, which can be used between swims rather than only at the end of the season. And these covers are motor-driven, and with the flick of a switch, will automatically creep across the pool and seal out access to the water. The other thing you should be thinking about are door and fence alarms, even pool alarms. Now, there's been some high-tech advances in pool alarms that really make them a must for every home with a pool. And it's best to use a combination of the door, fence, and pool alarm so you know that the door is opened, and then you know that the fence is opened, and then you know definitely someone's jumped in that water. So all of those will sound at those exact moments. Yeah, the door alarms are interesting because they're installed on the exterior doors that lead to the pool, especially important if you have a fence on, say, three sides of the pool, but your house actually makes up that fourth wall of the fence. The way it works is if the door is open without depressing a child-proof safety button, a bypass button, then that alarm is going to go off. So if the kid just slides the door open and, and is not tall enough to hit that bypass, the alarm will go off. Fence alarms kind of work the same way. And the pool alarms are splash alarms. They're surprisingly accurate. And if you, and if you hear that pool alarm go off, then you know you got a problem. So make sure you take the steps necessary to protect the kids uh, by using all these different ways and all these different layers of protection to make sure that they have a very happy and safe pool experience at all times. 888 Money Pit is our number. Let's get back to those calls. Jeanette in Colorado is on the line and needs some help with a radiant heating question. What can we do for you? I would like to know if it would be good to do the radiant floor ourselves or to have someone else do it. Is it going to increase my electric bill quite a bit? And if it is something I could do, what materials would be best to do? Wow, lots of questions. Yeah, we only said one question, lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, the bathroom is the only room in the house that you want to have a warm floor? Well, for starters, we would like to do it in the kitchen also. Uh, but we thought we'd start with the small project as the bathroom. And what kind of a house do you have? Is it a ranch? Colonial? What are we talking about? No, it's more of a ranch. It has a, um, you know, it, the bottom is not sitting completely on the ground because it's lots of rocks and stuff in the mountains there. So there does have crawl spaces underneath. It does. Yes, it does have crawl spaces where you, you know, we have sunk punks in there to help anything that might cause that. So you can crawl under the house, but it's not very much room. Okay, and, and how is it heated? Is it hot water or a hot air system? Hot air, but we mostly use pellet stoves. So it sounds to me like you're going to be limited to uh, an electric radiant heating system. There are different types of heating um, underlayments, so to speak, that you would put on a bathroom floor and you would tile on top of. Now, is it expensive? Yes, it's electric heat. It's expensive to purchase and install. It's expensive to run. It's not a way to save money on your heating bill. There's nothing cost effective about electric heat. It's very pleasant and nice to have that warm floor, but it is an expensive project and it's expensive to run. That said, if you put it on its own timer, so it's only on, say, in the morning or in the evenings for a limited period of time, you can manage that expense. Is it a do-it-yourself project? Yes, if you're pretty experienced, because the, the tile mats usually have to be ordered custom-made and, you know, you, you have to make sure that they're installed properly because if you get that floor down and it doesn't work, you get a big problem. You end up having to tear it up. Frankly, my advice would be to not do it yourself because I would rather have a contractor do it that's worked with it time and time again. I'd hate to see the whole thing get together and you got a problem with it and you got to tear it all up and start again. So the the amount of, the amount of, of uh, additional expense for labor, I think, uh, would have 
sort of an insurance quality to it to make sure it comes out right. Well, thank you all for your advice, and I appreciate it. Just ahead, ceiling fans have certainly been getting a workout this summer, but they can be costly to operate. So to help, the Department of Energy has released some new energy efficiency standards for those ceiling fans. We're going to tell you how to find the most energy efficient model for your home next. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by ADT, the security leader for over 140 years. Trust ADT to protect your home, family, and all you care about. At ADT, we know your security is only as strong as the people who are backing you up. For 24-7 monitoring and peace of mind, visit ADT.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, now that we've hit these dreaded dog days of summer, our air conditioners and fans are really working overtime to keep us comfortable. And that includes our ceiling fans, which can actually cost quite a bit to run. Well, the Department of Energy has now sought to change that with a new efficiency standard for ceiling fans. With us to talk about that is Lauren Urbanic, a senior policy advocate for the Natural Resources Defense Council. Welcome, Lauren. Thanks for having me. So what prompted the interest in ceiling fans? So ceiling fans are incredibly popular in, in the U.S. And, and also around the world. But in the U.S., there are about 80 million households that have at least one ceiling fan. So really popular, really a great way to stay comfortable in your home. Um, And we're using more energy than they really needed to be. So the DOE stepped in, decided to develop an energy efficiency standard. Now, is is this like Energy Star? Um, Is there going to be a standard that you're going to see these manufacturers make new uh, fans to meet? So this is actually a standard that all ceiling fans on the market will have to meet. 
Um, so unlike Energy Star, which is actually a voluntary program that, that signifies that products are go above and beyond the, the federal standard, the standard that we're talking about today is actually one that, regardless of, of where you purchase a ceiling fan or what brand or, or anything like that, it will meet a new, updated, more efficient standard. So, Lauren, for families that are taking advantage of these ceiling fans with new efficiency standards, I mean, are they looking for a tremendous amount of savings? Will it be noticeable? The Department of Energy estimates that the average homeowner will save about $25 in energy costs for each new fan that, that meets the new standard. But... The, the great thing is that many homes actually have more than one ceiling fan. So that, that savings would be per fan. So the more fans a homeowner has, the bigger the savings could be. Now, ceiling fans do more than just cool. If you use them correctly, they can also warm your home by moving that warm air that gets traps, trapped up along the ceiling down to sort of the living space. So this is something that could really give you not only summer savings, but year-round savings as well, correct? Yeah, that's right. Actually, so during the, the summer months, um, a homeowner will want to make sure that the ceiling fan is rotating counterclockwise. So when you stand underneath the fan and look up in the summer, it should go counterclockwise, whereas in the winter, the ceiling fan blades should go clockwise. And, and that can be switched with, with a switch that, that's required on every ceiling fan. And that's going to stay the same with all of these new standards and improvements. I mean, are we going to notice any difference in the functionality based on these new improvements? The functionality of the fan is not going to change. So when you look at a fan, when you, when you use a fan, you really won't notice any difference in how it operates, how how it keeps you comfortable. Uh, the only thing that you should notice is that your energy bills will, will be lower. I and mean, that's always great to see. We're talking to Lauren Urbanic. She's a senior energy policy advocate for the Natural Resources Defense Council about some of the new DOE standards that are coming out that are going to make some of the equipment in our homes much more energy efficient. And I think it's a great point that unlike Energy Star, these will be required standards, not voluntary standards. And so in addition to ceiling fans, it seems like there's some other improvements that are uh, on the horizon, you've got improvements in uh, battery chargers, dehumidifiers, and central air conditioners as well. Yeah, central air conditioners and heat pumps, that's another new standard that will be um, active within the, the next few years. And this was actually an agreement between manufacturers, between industry, um, and efficiency advocates. And what's great about this standard, it is an update to, to an, excuse me, an existing efficiency standard, but... This, with this update, air conditioners and heat pumps are going to be 50% more efficient than they were when the, the first national standards took effect in 1992. 50%, that's huge. Great. It's really great. So a lot of, lot of homeowners have old central air conditioners, old heat pumps that, that maybe meet the 1992 standard or even earlier. And they could really get a big bang for their buck for switching to a new unit. That's great information. Lauren Urbanic from the Natural Resources Defense Council, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit and filling us in. Great. Thanks for having me. And if you'd like to learn more, you can visit their website at nrdc.org. That's the website for the Natural Resources Defense Council. All right, Lauren, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. You can post your question to moneypit.com or call us at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. Get instantly matched with top-rated pros for any home improvement project and book appointments all online for free. Just ahead, could you use a brand new washer and dryer? We have details on a brand new promotion from Speed Queen that might just drop a set at your door next. You live in a Money Pit.
Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You can post your question to MoneyPit.com or call us at 888-MONEYPIT, presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Find top-rated home improvement pros you can trust. And for local pros who want to grow their business, HomeAdvisor is the easy way to get connected with project-ready homeowners. Sandy in Florida is dealing with a squeaky door. Tell us what's going on. Well, we've had this squeaky door now for three years. We've tried putting oil on it. We tried using WD-40. And then we went out and bought three new hinges and put on it. And it still is a squeaky door. Are these hinges sort of standard hinges? Uh, Yes, it's just three standard hinges. So what you might want to do is, is go out and buy some ball bearing hinges. There are some upgraded hinges. They're often used on heavier doors, but they rely on ball bearings to open and close instead of just the metal sitting on top of the metal. There's actually bearings there that the that the uh, different sides of the door will ride on, and those will be absolutely quiet and they'll last forever. Wow. Where would they carry those? Well, I, I would expect that you would find them. You, you may need to go to a home center and order them. Go to the millwork section of a, of a home center, uh, bring an old hinge along, and try to order um, a ball bearing hinge to match it or your hardware store, or you can probably find them online as well. Yeah, that's what we'll try. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Joseph on the line with an electrical question. What's going on at your Money Pit? Uh, I've got an older house that was built in the 1940s, and my daughter's nursery, the overhead fan and lights work, but none of the sockets in the room function, and I have no breakers that have tripped. So somewhere those sockets are disconnected. Now, are you sure the sockets are not connected to a light switch? Uh, I am 99% positive, sir. <laughs> there's, there's a seed of a doubt there that perhaps they could be. You know, sometimes the light, uh, the uh, outlets are, are operated by a light switch, uh, but I would say that it's not normal for that to happen in a 1940s house. But what you need to do is this. And when I say you need to do, I think more accurately an electrician needs to do, you got you got to get into the wiring that's supplying those outlets and try to figure out why it's disconnected. It it I can't imagine any reason it would have been physically disconnected, which means it's most likely um, some failure in the wiring of the outlets themselves. But if you open up the outlets, you can see if you have hot wires there and try to figure out at what, what point they became uh, de-energized because they are probably wired in series, so the wiring goes from one to the next to the next, and uh, you need to do a little bit uh, more investigation to figure out why that is. But it's really not a do-it-yourself project. I don't want you to make a mistake, and I don't want you to get electrocuted. Yes, sir. Then I will uh, definitely look at at calling in an electrician. All right. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, have you guys heard about this awesome sweepstakes that's going on right now? It's by Speed Queen. It's Lovin' My Laundry Sweepstakes. You can check it out at lovin'mylaundry.com. I mean, who doesn't love to have super efficient washer and dryers in their home? And best of all, two grand prize winners are going to receive Speed Queen washer and dryer set, which includes the delivery and the hookup worth over $2,000. Now, if this were me, I would never win that. So I'm always looking forward to like, what are the other prizes where I have a better chance of winning? So get this, guys. We've got up for grabs also 10 first place prizes. And that first place winner is going to get a laundry gift basket filled with all the goodies you need to run your laundry. A laundry bag, clothespins, baskets, etc. Plus a $200 Amazon gift card. And there's also 40 runner-ups. And they're going to get a $50 Amazon gift card. I mean, really, everybody's a winner here. 
so what, 40, 50, 52 52 prizes. prizes. Wow. 52 chances to win. What are you waiting for? Go to lovinmylaundry.com. And I got to tell you, those Speed Queen machines, they are fantastic. Do you know they're designed to do 10,000 loads of laundry? That's what they're tested to. And so they're going to last two or three times longer than other brands. It's going to give you a big load off of your mind and a lot less laundry load to deal with. Give us a call right now. We'd love to take your question on what are home improvement projects on your mind at 888-MONEYPIT. Mary in North Dakota needs some help with a concrete floor. What can we do for you? We got crumbling concrete on the basement floor. Okay. After water problems this spring. All right. And it's very crumbly and powdery. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there are places on it that I'd like to paint if I could. Do you want to try to stabilize the deterioration of the concrete? Yeah, I was wondering if there's some kind of sealant that could be sprayed or poured on it. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, in terms of the water problem, um, is this a problem that happened after heavy rainfall? Yeah. All right, so if you've got water that comes in after a heavy rainfall, I want to make sure we try to slow this down so it doesn't happen again. Adding sump pumps, things of that nature, is not going to stop this from happening again. What stops the heavy rainfall from getting in is outside looking at at your gutters and your grading, making sure the downspouts are discharging away from the house, making sure your gutters are clean, making sure soil slopes away from the house. We've got extensive articles, actually several of them, on uh, moneypit.com. Just search how to stop a leaking basement. It's the same advice, and we talk about the proper drainage improvements. So do that first. And then in terms of the concrete itself, you can use a patching compound. Quickrete has a patching compound product. You definitely want to use the patching compound because it's designed to stick to the old concrete. If you try to put new concrete over it, it's not going to stick. So the ready-to-use patching compounds are trowel applied, they're latex formulas, so it's easy to clean up, but that will seal the old concrete. Then once that dries, then you can paint it. And what I would look for is an epoxy floor paint. Uh, the epoxy paints I like because they're, they're a chemical cure. When you buy the floor paint, you get the paint in a gallon can that's about three-quarters filled, and then a quart of hardener. You mix them together, stir them up, and then you apply the paint. Sometimes there is a, uh, an additive that goes in after the fact that gives you some texture to the floor, helps kind of hide the dirt. But patching it first, then adding an epoxy paint, will have that looking like new in no time. Okay, So, but the the name of the, the sealant was called what? Quick Crete, Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E. It's Quick Crete Concrete Patching Compound. Good stuff. Mary, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Pam in Florida has a porch question. How can we help you today? Uh, we live on the water, and in Florida, there's a lot of wind on the water. We're close to the Gulf of Mexico, and we have a screen porch with aluminum railings, and the wind keeps blowing the screen sections out. We've tried all different types of screens and double screening them and all different types of splines, and I wondered if you had any better ideas for us. Are we talking about on doors or windows? We're talking about uh, screen sections on a screen porch. Screen porch. Okay. And so how big are these sections? Uh, probably four by six. Pretty big. Are you using vinyl screening or are you using metal screening? Vinyl. Yeah, I think that's the issue. The vinyl screening is pretty soft and pretty flexible, not very sturdy. I, I think you're going to need to use a heavier gauge screening in order to make this more permanent. And you're also going to need to consider not only the attachment points, I'm not quite sure how you're doing that, but it's got to be super secure. And you might want to add grills to divide that up into a bit smaller space. Uh, it could be a thin grill, but it could, but, a, but a grill would give it some additional strength. So I think you're going to need to use much heavier screening and, and not vinyl screening, okay? Because I think you know, putting on a double layer of, uh, of, the, of the vinyl is going to really not 
you know, get you where you need to be. It really should be heavy metal screening when it's that when it's a four by six foot area. Right. Do you know if metal screening comes in a fine enough mesh to keep no fumes out? Oh yeah. It comes in different mesh densities and different gauge metals. You just gotta find a good source of supply down there for it. Thank you very much. Appreciate the help. You're very welcome. Still ahead, are you looking for a super affordable and simple way to update your kitchen? Up next, we've got an idea that lets you show off your style, too, when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. It is presented by ADT, the security leader for over 140 years. Trust ADT to protect your home, family, and all you care about. At ADT, we know your security is only as strong as the people who are backing you up. For 24-7 monitoring and peace of mind, visit ADT.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Post your home improvement question to us or call us now at 888 Pit. presented by HomeAdvisor, the fast and easy way to find a home service pro you can trust. You can read reviews, compare prices, and book appointments online for free. Maggie was online. And Maggie wrote, when I dust my house in the evening, everything is covered again by the next morning. That's a dusty house, Maggie, and a pain in the butt. Could the problem be stemming from the heat pump air conditioning system? We've had the unit thoroughly cleaned inside and out, but no avail. Well, it might not be the unit's dirty inside. It, what it might be, and most likely is, is that you don't have the right filters. You know, you need to use a really good quality filter, and because when the AC is running, it's going to pull air through that filter, and if the air's got dust in it, it will strip the dust out. Take a look at all the filters that are made by Filtrate. They got a wide range of them. That some are designed for excess dust, some for allergies. Get a good filter on there, and that dust problem should disappear. Yeah, and you want to make sure that you install the filter in the correct direction. There's usually going to be an arrow pointing to airflow, so make sure you install it the right way. Well, we hear it all the time here at the Money Pit. Homeowners will want to add a stylish touch to an outdated kitchens without having to replace those cabinets. Well, Leslie's got some quick ideas for affordable and fun solutions in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, when it comes to kitchen cabinets, there's... You know, a lot of ways that you can change the look without spending a ton of money. A lot of them are do-it-yourself. And here's a trick that I've used on countless of our TV shows that we've designed where you've got a kitchen space, you've got a very limited budget, but you want to make a big transition. So what you can do to those door and drawer fronts is add a decorative panel. Gives them dimension. It gives you a chance to bring in your personality, and it also will completely change the look of the space. Now, you can start by painting the cabinet doors and drawer fronts and the boxes if you want. If not, and you're happy with the way the wood looks, and you're just going to really cover a good portion of the door and drawer front itself so you don't have to worry about painting. So what you can do is start with paint if you want, if not leave the finish as is. Then what you would do is you want to cover that portion of the door and figure out how much of the original door or drawer front you're still going to see. Whether it's an inch all around, two inches all around, that's really going to depend on what is going on with your door front now. Is there already sort of a a decorative router in there or a groove or something else? So you want to see what you want to cover. Once you've decided what size that panel is, you want to have them cut out of about a quarter inch hardboard. And the hardboard or Luan or something like that, and you can have the home centers around you cut those pieces for you to size. You'll go in there saying, I need four at 14 by 26, whatever it is. Go in there with all your measurements, tell them exactly what you need, know exactly what cabinet doors and drawer fronts those are for, and then bring those in, have them cut them for you. Once you've got those pieces, what you want to do is if you're going to cover it with paper, you can use a decorative paper 
paper, you can use a wallpaper, you can use some sort of woven paper, you can use a fabric, whatever it is, cut it about two inches larger all around than that size. So if your panel is say 16 by 28, you wanna cut it to 18 by 30. That gives you an inch all around that's gonna go around to the back side. That depending on what you're using, you can use a double-faced adhesive tape, you can use staples. It really depends on what you're putting on there, what's best going to adhere it to that hardboard. Now, once you've got it, you want to make sure you have nice, neat corners, make it look really beautiful, and then you can go ahead and attach it to the cabinet door itself. And you can do that with a staple gun or a brad nailer. You want to make sure that you put it so it doesn't stick too far into the door on the back side. It wants to sit just so. If it does stick through, make sure you hammer it or, you know, hammer it down so it doesn't poke through. But that can really change the look of the space. It's not difficult. It sounds complicated, but it is not. I promise you it'll make a huge difference good advice this is the money pit home improvement radio show coming up next time on the program you might feel like you know your local climate but when it comes to your lawn your garden what you really need to know is your microclimate we're going to tell you how to plan for these very local conditions and assure landscape success on the next edition of the money pit i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti remember you can do it yourself but you don't have to do it alone This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.